Welcome to the City Point Podcast. For more information, please visit us online at citypoint.tv or our Facebook page, City Point Church. Man, it's good to be here this morning. Praise God. It's so good. I've been all over the world. Kind of. Been to North Carolina, South Carolina, Kansas City. Here I come. <laughs> uh, but it's been good. It's good to be here. Thank you for being here this morning. I want to get right into this. I'm going to share some things right along here as we, uh, as we get into this. If I don't get to it, I want to ask you to pray for my father. I've been with my dad for a couple of weeks now who's really fighting for his life. Tomorrow's a really important uh, procedure that's going to uh, hopefully be the beginning of a, of a huge comeback we're believing for, but um, he's very weak and, and just needs prayer. Would you pray for my dad? Uh, his, his name's Al, and um, I would appreciate that. Um, as we get into this, let me get into this this morning. I, I, so in, in the last uh, few weeks, I took some time to recalibrate, um, and and you know, there's there's recalibration is is something that uh, we all do. It's it's how you adjust and you you have to uh, fine tune things and uh, and I and and because we get to places where we just need um, we need an we need an upgrade. And uh, I was at that place, and 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 I just needed to recalibrate and and just reassess some things, and and even in my own uh, personal walk with God, and God just was really good to me, and and uh, really helped me get some badly needed rest and and things like that. And uh, but in the course of this, God re- began to speak to me about about taking my mountain. You know, and, and, and when I say me taking my mountain, it's, it has to do with the particular assignment that I have been given by God. And I want, I want you to know that every one of you have an assignment by God. Everyone has an assignment. The question is, are you fulfilling your assignment? You know, you have a purpose. And, and, and I'm not talking just in the, you know, a lot of times we get all spiritual and, you know, like my assignment is to win the world and and uh and you know i'm not going to argue with that but how about you just win the battle over yourself (laughs) before you worry about winning the world um how about you win the battle for your career you know because the fact that you know it's it's a challenge to really get to a place where you know what you want to do but then you got to really fight to get in your sweet spot. Because if, you know, you, in your career, if, you, if you're not happy there, then it's hard to be happy anywhere. Because you spend so much time in that area of your life. If you're just putting in your time, it's really hard to find any sense of destiny and fulfillment. Come on, are you with me? And so there's, there's this thing that I want to talk to you about over the next 
I don't know however, but I want to talk to you about spiritual mountaineering. I don't know anything about mountaineering. I've never climbed a mountain. I've never rappelled. Is that what they call it? You rappel down a mountain, don't you? And you climb up a mountain. So this is, this is spiritual mountaineering. We're going to climb some mountains, and we're going to talk about your assignment. Talk about knowing it. Do you know your assignment? Talk about believing it, believing in your assignment. You know, I was privileged to get away as a part of, a part of this time away. I was with 40 business leaders. I mean, I'm talking about there were people in the room there that were millionaires. I mean, there were several of them, but worth 40, 50, 60 million dollars. And what I thought was amazing is here, here these people are in achieving at high levels, and yet they still struggle with some of the same things that you and I struggle with because they don't know if they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. They're just happening to be successful at what they're doing, but there's something on the inside saying there's something more. Are you, are you with me? So you not only have to know your assignment, but you have to believe in it. You have to believe that it's worth giving your life to. Because, you know, if, if anything we know is that life is short, and it appears that then it's gone, and you want to give your life to what matters or what's going to bring you the most uh, uh, fulfillment and satisfaction because it comes and it goes, and, and you need to believe in your assignment. Because again, if you don't, your assignment is going to come under attack. And you'll find yourself doing things that you don't really want to do, giving yourself to things that you don't want to, just to appease other people and make other people happy when you are not happy with yourself. And so the third thing is then you have to achieve your mountain your assignment. You have to achieve it. You have to, you have to go out and do it. You have to, and, and that see, really, that is a challenge in itself too, because if you're fortunate enough to know your assignment, you still have to fight to get it done. And, and that's part of the struggle. Like a caterpillar goes into a, a womb, what do you call it? A, a cocoon. I was going to say womb, and I'm like, that doesn't sound right. It's like a womb, but it's a cocoon. And there's, there's a, a certain metamorphosis, you know, that's taking place inside that cocoon as, as, there's a, as the change is coming. And then that, that caterpillar has to struggle to break out of the cocoon, but when he comes out, he's a beautiful butterfly, and he's changed. Because he was always destined to fly. I want to tell you this morning, every one of you, I don't care where you've been, how bad a hand you've been dealt in life, you were destined by God to fly. And that the struggle you're in right now, listen to me, the struggle you're in right now is not going to destroy you, it's only going to give you wings and help you fly. Glory to God. And so that's part of your assignment is to achieve it, not just know it, but to achieve it. Everybody say achieve it. 
So I got to know it. I got to believe it. I got to believe in it and achieve it. So it's going to take me a little bit to unpack all of that. I'm not in a hurry. I'm not going to do it all today. Thank you, Jesus. You're thinking. Because I have a lot, a lot of things to say about all these things. And I have some things that God has spoken to me about you and about this church that has to do with our assignment and what God has in store for us. And I want to tell you, it's really good. You're going you're gonna to say, wow, that is amazing. How are you going to do that? Now, I want you to stop saying you. I want you to stop saying, I want you to start saying we. How are we going to do that? How are we going to do that, Pastor Mike? Look at your neighbor and say, how are we going to do that? <laughs> so here's, here's what, I, 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 if you want to turn with me here, I'm going to read this out of Revelation chapter 4, verse 1, and i um, going to give you kind of, this is going to be the launching pad, thank God, this is going to be the runway we take off from, Right? And then uh, we'll see at the, how we land it for here today. But it's to cl- if you're going to climb your mountain, I, 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 here's like something that God has been using to launch this and speak this to me. And it's about John, the beloved, the revelator, John, the one whom Jesus loved, the one who laid his head on Jesus' breast. It says in John's last days, John was well up in his 80s when he wrote this. uh, Joshua and Caleb were up in their 80s when they said, give me this mountain. Some of you think you're too old and you're only 50. I got to tell you something, if if you're not 80, you barely got started. That's supposed to encourage you. But anyway, <laughs> he said, if I'm 80, if I can just get out of bed, that'll be a miracle. He said, then I looked, and bef- there before me was an open door in heaven. And I want you to think about this in this, prof- in this prophetic book, because this is a prophetic book, right? The book of Revelation is a prophetic book. John receives this revelation in his later years, after he has served the Lord faithfully, after he's went through much challenge and tribulation, even traditionally, he, it was said that they tried to boil him in oil and he wouldn't, he wouldn't die. And then they banished him to the Isle of Patmos and then he has this revelation and He's, we're in chapter four here. He's already well into the revelation. God's been unpacking things to him all along. And I, I'm, not, I, I'm not so sure we, even to this day, understand everything that God was showing John. In fact, I know we don't understand it because here's the, here's the key. A lot of people are trying to understand the book of Revelation before its time. But I I have this sense that God is about to unlock the door. Listen to what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to us in these days. John looked and there was before me an open door in heaven. 
Now, how, how many of you know if there's an open door in heaven, then there's closed doors in heaven? And a closed door doesn't mean that it's not for you. It just means it's for an appointed time. Then I looked, there was before me an open door in heaven, and I heard the same voice that spoke to me before. It was a familiar voice. That's the voice of the good shepherd. My sheep hear my voice. The voice of a stranger. A strange voice is a voice you haven't heard before. Be very careful about strange voices. This is really good, and some of you, it's going to take you a little time to really appreciate this, but I want to tell you something. In our day, listen to me. I'm speaking to you, I'm speaking to you very prophetically from the book of Revelation. Be very careful about voices you do not recognize. The same voice that spoke to me before, it was the voice that sounded like a trumpet. This voice was taking on a different tone. It was taking on a trumpet-like sound. What do you use a trumpet for? It's to announce something. It's to introduce something. When the king would come in the room, the trumpets would sound, da-da-da-da-da-da, and it was a trumpet, was a, uh, was a, a, a introduction. It was also a call to war. A trumpet many times sounded to put you on alert and say that we're getting ready to go into battle, and the trumpet would sound, and then people would take themselves ready. The Bible says when Jesus comes back, there will be a sound from heaven. It will be what? A trumpet. It will sound like a trumpet. And so he says this voice sounded like a trumpet, and it was a familiar voice, and it was something I'd heard before, but it had a different edge to it. That's what was different. It had a different intensity to it. It had a different layer, a different assignment to it. And here's what he says. It said, come up here. This is the assignment that God is calling to John right here, right now. He has went into all the world. He has preached. He has established, confirmed churches, taught, raised up leaders, disciples, but now his call is, come up here. Say this with me. Come up here. here. Say it again. Say it again. Let that resonate in your heart like a trumpet. The Holy Spirit is calling the church to come alive and come up here. I want you to get out of where you are, get out of where you've been, get out of what you've been doing. I want you to go higher. I want you to go to a different place. I've got a different assignment for you. I want you to come up here. And I will show you which, what, I will show you what must happen after this because Jesus is going to give the church the insight of what is happening. Jesus said, he said, the servant doesn't know what his master's doing, but I call you friends because I'm going to tell you what's happening. And so in order to climb this mountain, what, I, what I'm telling you is you have to know our 
our assignment right at this particular juncture is first and foremost to come up higher. Look at your neighbor and say, it's time for you to get up higher. See, when you get higher, there's a different perspective. There's, you know, things look a lot different from the high levels. Tyrus, is that right? Things look a lot different. You walk around here, this place can, you know, it, I, I've had a little bit of experience. Tyrus flies, he flies jets. I flew single engine putt-putts that did like 95 miles an hour. A Cessna 182, what I, like one of the planes I, I trained in. He flies jets that do 500 miles an hour. I flew at four to 6,000 feet. He flies at 35,000 feet. Things look a lot different the higher you go. Some of you, you don't need God to give you some supernatural miracle in the moment, what you need is to come up higher and see things from where he sits. And when you see what he sees, you will see everything in your life different. Come up higher. That's your assignment. And then and you, as you climb up this mountain into the hill of the Lord, that's what we're going to unpack, is not today. What does it mean to come up higher? Where are we going? It's not just some pie in the sky thing. When you go to this, you're going to, the, the goal is to have a flight plan. Do you know God has a flight plan for the church? And so he's calling us to get up higher. And in, in this higher climb, what he's going to do is give us individual assignments. Are you with me today? In other words, we're all going to have individual assignments in this journey. No two assignments will be ideally alike. Your assignment is not my assignment. I can't do what God has called you to do. And you can't do what God has assigned me to do. But I can't get there without you. And you can't get there without me. And so we might as well all strap, put your seatbelt on, put your tray tables in the upright position and get ready because this thing is about to go. Here's the why you didn't need to know that you got to climb up higher and know and get your personal assignment from God, because if you don't and you miss your assignment, it has a high cost. Are you with me? I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you about a guy that you probably never have heard of. His name is Edward Kimball. Anybody ever heard of Edward Kimball? Anybody ever heard of Edward Kimball? Not one of you. What's wrong with you people? I wouldn't expect you to know who Edward Kimball was. Let me ask you this question. How many of you know who Billy Graham is? <laughs> 
I had the privilege of getting, I was, when I was in South Carolina, I jumped over the state line and went to Billy Graham's library. That's amazing. If you ever get a chance and you're in the Charlotte, North Carolina area, it's a, it's a great experience. It actually takes you through his, his life with a visual and it's just amazing. I, I, I got some pictures. I, I hate to, sh- I don't want to be that guy that shows pictures. But this is like was an a spiritual experience. And we've all heard of Billy Graham who just died a, a year ago. And, and actually his 100th birthday was just a few weeks ago. Billy lived to 99 years old. And he would just turned 100. And I actually, they ha- he's buried at the Billy Graham Library. Him and his wife, Ruth, are buried side by side. Very simple burial place. Simple granite stones. It tells her life. She was an amazing woman. We've all heard of Billy Graham. He's probably won more people to Jesus than anyone on the earth. And yet not one of you have ever heard of Edward Kimball. Now, can I tell you why this is important? Because if you miss your assignment, this is how this works. Let me, let me give you the timeline. Edward Kimball was a Sunday school teacher. How many of you remember the days when we had Sunday school? We still have it. In the, our kids go to city kids, which is like a Sunday school. Some of you adults, it wouldn't hurt for you to get in Sunday school. Anyway, Edward Kimball was just a, a Sunday school teacher that no one had ever heard of. That you've never heard his name probably till today. Edward Kimball, in his Sunday school class, taught, and a young man got saved in his Sunday school class by the name of D.L. Moody. You see why it's important to be obedient to your assignment? Wait, stay with me. Dwight L. Moody came to Jesus, and in one of Dwight L. Moody's meetings in Chicago, a young man by the name of J. Wilbur Chapman was converted to Christ in a D.L. Moody meeting. J. Wilbur Chapman grew up to preach because D.L. Moody fulfilled his assignment. You see where I'm going here? J. Wilbur Chapman, probably none, probably very few of you, if you're not a buff of church history, you probably would have heard of Chapman, but he has, he has books and ancient books that you could probably get for free on Kindle. Because when they get that old, they give a lot of them away. Interesting stuff. Guess who got saved in a J. Wilbur Chapman meeting? A young man by the name of Billy Sunday, who was a professional baseball player. He gave his heart to Christ and accepted his calling to ministry in Chapman's meeting. Billy Sunday was preaching one night in an evangelistic campaign and a a young man by the name of Mordecai Ham came to Jesus. 
You with me? Anybody heard of Mordecai Ham? See, we're getting, these are more contemporary names. Billy Sunday, Mordecai Ham. Mordecai Ham was the Billy Graham of his day. Mordecai Ham was preaching in one of his evangelistic campaigns. Guess who got saved in Mordecai Ham's meeting? A young 15-year-old boy by the name of Billy Graham. You know why Billy Graham grew up and grew into his calling, his assignment? Because Edward Kimball was in his place doing what he was supposed to be doing. Can I just say to our children's workers, I love and appreciate you and I want to encourage you more than you ever could understand because what, what, what you many times, you ever, you ever, ever think about how, how why the, the enemy causes such problems with people getting involved in kids' ministry, why he tries to stop people, why he tries to thwart our kids' ministry, why he keeps trying to stop progress, because he knows if you can, he can stop it there. He can cut off the prodigy, the lineage, the lineage, <laughs> glory to God. It's been a while. I'm getting them loose now. And, and so if he can cut you off at 10 years old, 11 years old, eight years old, then he knows he has succeeded in something. Are you with me this morning? But it's time for us to realize that, that there is no unimportant assignment in the kingdom of God. There is no place that God puts you that means less than any other place. If you're not the eye, the eye can't say to the hand, I have no need of you. We need to rise up and take our place. We have some Billy Grahams, I believe, right in this church. We have some people who God has put his hand on. When I saw... When I heard Ethan this morning share what he shared, my heart leaped on the inside of me. That was more wisdom coming out of a young man than I have heard out of most adults when he talked about how you can grieve and be thankful at the same time. It's part of the upside down kingdom. It's what God's showing this young man. There's people like Tommy and, and Hannah that are pouring into Ethan. There are no unimportant assignments in this kingdom work. There are no unimportant people. There are no unimportant. You are not too good that you couldn't bow down and sit with kids in a nursery because you don't know that that baby that you're bouncing on your knee might grow up and one day change the world. And I haven't got any out of my introduction yet. But see, we get all like, we get all worried about, well, you know, well, that's the job. Well, who's who's going to recognize me in that classroom? What am I going to accomplish in there? Oh, my Lord. Oh, my Lord. Come up higher. 
come up higher. You can see things from a different perspective. When I walk through Billy Graham's life, which is on display in this library, amongst thousands of books and everything else, I'm thinking I'm going in and I'm going to get to sit down and like look at all of Billy's books and stuff, but but the, but the, but the real thing is you're doing, you're going in and you're entering into his life. They have a room set up as a tent revival with bench, hard bench seats. And there on the screen, Billy's preaching the Los Angeles revival. In 19, oh, I, I believe it was in 1950 or something like that. Guess who was in that meeting? It was that man, I can't think of his name now, that they made the movie. What's his name? Zamorini. That was the man who came back from the war, who they did the, the, the movie. Uh, help me with the name of this movie. What is it? No, Unbroken. It was the movie Unbroken. And all they did in the first movie, Unbroken, was show his war experience. And then they part two of that movie, Unbroken 2, is where they show his life being turned around and saved. A tremendous story. What was Billy doing in a tent in Los Angeles on hardwood benches, on dirt floors? What was he doing there? He was fulfilling his assignment. Sometimes I wonder, you know, over the years, I was in Westville the other day, I was thinking about how many years I've been going to Westville, and before that I was an assisted chaplain to Mac McCleskey, who went to heaven years ago and at Lake County Jail, and And I was looking back because I, I, I'm thinking, you know, the way life is, is this, how, much, how, many, more, how many more Monday nights will I do Mon in, in Westville? How many more times will I go to Kimbrough? How many more times will I stand on this platform? How many more times will I open God's word and teach, share with you in a prayer meeting, even on a periscope, on a Facebook? How many more times will I do that? Can I answer you the question? Until I fulfill my assignment. Until I hear him say, well done, you good and faithful servant. Come on in. Pastor Mike, I don't know how much longer I can do this. I can tell you how much longer you can do this. 
until you complete your assignment. Because there's grace on your assignment. You say, well, I don't have any strength. You don't need any strength. The strength is in him. Because if you could do it, it wouldn't matter then anyway, would it? Because you would do it in your strength. But when you finally come to terms with your weakness, and you realize, as we heard this morning, in my weakness, he is made strong. You see, people tell me, you know, Pastor Mike, I don't have the ability to do that. God doesn't need your ability. He needs your availability. How much longer can we keep doing this until we finish? Paul said, I have finished the race. I've completed the course. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord shall give to all them that love him. Are you doing your assignment? Can I tell you what's going to happen once you, once you come to this place and you say, yes, Lord, I want to embrace the assignment? Then the enemy's going to do three things. He's going to try to divert your attention, distract you, and destroy you. Because people who know their assignment and set out to do it are the biggest threat to the enemy. Do not let the devil divert. You know what diversion means, right? It's like when, you, when something's heading a certain way and all of a sudden you have to divert it. You know, Tyrus will tell you there are certain times when you're flying, especially in the small planes, the smaller planes, the smaller, that my destination, I was, me and Terry were flying in from Wisconsin once and we were trying to get into Gary and a storm had come through and we went around the storm, came to the backside and came up, made the approach into Gary Airport and a fog rolled in off the lake. I did an instrument approach and when I broke out at 200 feet, I still couldn't see the runway. At 200 feet, I diverted, I abandoned my approach, called Chicago and said, I can't land here. I cannot see the runway. I ended up having to divert and go to South Bend in order to land. Terry will tell you, the first time I ever saw her kiss the ground. <laughs> we got out of that plane. It was, scary. It was kind of scary. Can I tell you, some of you sitting here today, because of storms, you have given up on your dream. You have, you have abandoned and aborted your approach and your landing. And God is calling you back to your assignment. I give you permission to dream again. I give you permission to reach forward and embrace your assignment and say, yeah, I couldn't land on that particular day because of the conditions but I'm not giving up on my flight or my destination. I'm going to land this thing. I need you to bow your heads with me. I, I have much, much more. Believe me, I have, I don't even, I have much, much more.
But I think God wants to... I think God wants to just clinch this right here, right now. If you have given up on your dream, if you have abandoned your approach, your landing, you've abandoned the thing that is called your assignment, and you've just been carefully planning plan B, planning some diversion, staying busy doing something other than what God has called you to do, I want to call you back today to your original purpose and to your original dream. I want to call you back today and give you permission to dream again, permission to make the approach. And by the help and the grace of God, the Spirit of God will blow away the fog, the confusion, the chaos, and you'll be able to get to your assignment in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for that today as every head is bowed. Lord, I thank you that you did never abandoned your mission. Lord Jesus, that no matter how hard it got, no matter how much opposition you faced, you set your face like a flint and finished your assignment and when you finished your assignment, when you said from the cross, it is finished, you gave us permission to finish ours. You gave us power in our weakness, strength in our inability. Father, I thank you today that there are people who've been sitting at the base of the mountain but today, they rise up and they start climbing again. They start mountaineering again. They start returning to the God of their salvation and saying, here I am, Lord. Send me. Send me. I'm going to ask our ministry team to come to the front around this altar, pastors, elders, ministers. I'm going to ask you to join with me in the front. I want to pray for you today. I want to pray a prayer of restoration over you. I want to pray a prayer of rekindled hope. I want to call you up higher today. I want to call you to a new perspective, to a higher elevation, to a place where you will see the glory of God. Man, I just feel the Lord in this place this morning. I really, really do. I feel like the Holy Spirit is really, really speaking to people about your assignment. And that what you need is just to get in agreement. Maybe you've been distracted. Maybe you got diverted. Maybe you got, you've been getting destroyed. And today God's going to put you back in your, in your flight plan, your flight pattern. Your destination is going to become clear. And you're going to sail today into the will and into the assignment that God has for you. We'd like everybody to stand.
Wow, wow, wow. Lord, I just thank you for your presence here this morning. From the very beginning, from the time the worship tea began, through the communion, through the, through the testimonies, through everything, God, you have been here today and you're speaking. You're, you are speaking. You're coming to people in a familiar voice, a voice that they know. A voice that they're very familiar with, but maybe it's a voice they have shunned or been running from or been hiding from, but they are your sheep, Lord, and they know your voice. And today I remove all the inhibitions and all the blocks and all the diversions and all the distractions and all the discouragement and all the despondency and all the depression, and I say, come unto me says the Lord. Come unto me, says the Lord. Come to me. Thank you for listening to the City Point Podcast. For more information, please visit us online at citypoint.tv or our Facebook page, City Point Church.